This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. So, yeah, we're starting at verse 1. After these things, Paul departed 1 to 28. Yep. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila. After I read, I'll pray. Just to switch things up. Born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them, so be- and he came to the- okay. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit. You need to underline that and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood is upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. That's a little part that you might want to underline too. He departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, who one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with his all, with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul at night, at night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people on this in this city. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. When Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, Achaia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, This fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes of Jews, there would be reason there would be reason why I should bear with you. But it is if it is a question of words and names and your own law, look to it yourselves, for I do not want to be a judge of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallio took no notice of these things. So Paul remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Quilla were with him. And he had his hair cut off at Centria, for he had taken a vow. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay longer, a longer time with them, he did not consent. 
but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over the re over the region of Galatia and Phrygia, I guess, in order, strength, because I never say it out loud when I'm reading it, strengthening all the disciples. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, Achaia yeah, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you help us today get over, dis help us to, with tools to get over discouragement. Um, I know as myself, I have a really hard time keeping my eyes above the waves. Um, and to the point, I thought it was a mental problem, but, you know, just maybe ADD or something, I just got in, get enveloped in these things and I know that that's but I as you've kept me and you know fully um, my condition and you've still called me I have to believe that there is a a a purpose in these discouraging things that happen or you're Maybe if there is no reason for them, there's reason enough um, in the fact to recall the fact that you don't, you're not going to leave us. In Jesus' name, Amen. So I sense we're just not only going to do the first part of this, but I sense Paul is sort of a like. Kind of, you know, how do I say this without sounding so arrogant? I mean, personality-wise, I like to be, okay, this is the thing. I'm going to do it. Um, and not really wanting things to get, in the, you know, mess up. Um, if God says I was supposed to do it and then it falls apart in front of my face, um, I'm like, well, so long. And I tend to like burn it all down. Um, and I'm I'm encouraged by this passage today because it seemed that Paul was ready to burn it all down. I feel hard, like I'm hardening my heart. I feel um, there's a real insecurity when I, you know, set to burn it all down um, because I'm not wanting to be rebellious or hard. Um, but the pain of disappointment often... Uh, triggers these reactions to burn it down 
I'm not going to go back over something that is painful. I'm not going to, and you, the two parts that I had you underline, that's what I'm referring to. Um, a key word here, and we saw it in the chapter before, about being compelled by the Holy Spirit. We saw in the chapter before that the compelling ended up in a very different way. We still know that A, it's the Holy Spirit. We still know that B, there was a reaction of the Holy Spirit inside Paul, and Paul felt compelled to say something, but the result is totally different. And I don't know if we can sit there. I know I can't sometimes really sit there. And I've failed this test so many times. It's incredibly disgusting. Um, but to know that you know that you know what God's promises are. And then you're tested on them. So Paul knew that he knew that he knew that God was wanting him to say something. And there was not the positive response and what you think should happen. I mean, I do this. I, I put the eggs in the bowl. I put the flour in the bowl. I put the, the, the butter, vanilla, um, you know, a few chocolate chips, baking soda, um, and I throw it on a pan. I expect to get chocolate chip cookies. That's why I'm, I read the recipe. Lord, I followed your leading. Um, I said what you, that I felt you wanted me to say. I said the thing to these people. Um, I'm thinking I should have gotten chocolate chip cookies out of this whole thing. I, I, that, that's what would have made sense. I mean, otherwise, why? Why compel me to say something? It's the why. It's the why that we can drown in. It's the why that I've, I shame to admit that I have often drowned in. Why would you promise that and test me on it? <laughs> I could really, I could really dive in deeper. Even, I wasn't looking for these promises to begin with. It wasn't like Paul sitting there Please compel me to say something. Oh, I'm really searching your face. Um, I really want to know what you have to say. I really want to, you know, uh, use your spirit. Um, just use me to... You don't see any of that in this passage. You see a man walk through town, compelled by the spirit, and he says something. What do you do when the outcome sucks? Excuse my French. What do you do? What do you do? I'm sitting here, honestly, asking the same question. What do you do? For me, I throw it all out three-year-old fit. I burn it down. This is my reaction. In fact, the Lord was like, be quiet and don't do anything rashly in my reading. Because I'm still reading. My heart's broken, torn in two. I mean, like a knife, top to bottom. I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't I wasn't looking for this. You're testing me on promises I didn't ask for. What do you do? Let's keep reading. 
Paul was compelled. This is verse eight. No, five. Right? Yeah, five. One silence. Blah, 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 blah. Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, you don't get the details, but you get Paul's reaction to what happened, and it ain't pretty. And he shook his garments, that's an insult. What happened was probably pretty darn ugly. Pretty darn insulting. Hard. Low. Low brow. They blasphemed. Uncalled for. Totally, utterly uncalled for. What happens? When you hit up against, well, that was totally uncalled for. I'm just trying to obey. I'm just trying to get through a day, some of us. Well, I'm challenged to believe. And what I'm challenged to reflect on. That it isn't the words coming out of our mouth. And it isn't the reaction to the words coming out of our mouth. It's Jesus in the midst. Because whether we are dumb, and I mean unable to speak, Blind, deaf, immobile, autistic, ADD, mentally ill. And, and, and in those manners of ways that you would think people could would um, likely be, according to worldly understanding, less fruitful, there is a promise hidden in there. That it's not what we do and it's not the immediate result of what we have just done. But it's Christ in our midst. And when I bottom out, it's Christ that sets my feet up. When I'm done done, which is probably going to be the name of this podcast, it's Christ who has not abandoned me. Because I don't care what kind of positive response you get to whatever it is you feel that you're doing or not doing. I know down in my soul none of it matters unless Christ is in our midst. That's hopeful for you. Maybe you've been vaccine injured. And the life you had before is gone. It's Christ in your midst that is the difference maker.
Maybe you don't have the talents everybody else seems to have. It is Christ in the sphere, in the room. In you, in me, in her, in him. That is the make or break. So the only thing that you need to be worried about is the first part of this, compelled by the Spirit. Because if you're compelled by the Spirit to do whatever it is you're called to do, whether you have ADD, whether you're, you're, you're autistic, whether you're what people would think you're out to lunch, what people would think that you don't have the potential. I'm here to say, it doesn't matter if you're bound to a wheelchair, you can be compelled by the Spirit of God. And the only difference maker is that Christ is in the room. I don't care what basketball shots you can make. Is Christ here? I don't care what kind of show you can put on the stage. Is Christ here? The low, lowest, low, 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 lowly of us can make all the difference. Day and night difference. In any room, in any context, in any disregarded place, in any venue, any back alley, half-lit street corner, the only thing you need to be worried about is being open to the Spirit of God. That's it. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.